0: After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was alarmed, and all Jerusalem with him. He gathered together all the people's chief priests and experts in the law. He asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, because this was written through the prophet, You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are certainly not least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, When you find him, report to me so that I may also go and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Then the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stood still over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with overwhelming joy. After they went into the house and saw the child with Mary his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold frankincense, and myrrh. Since they had been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The wise men were big givers. The wise men gave a lot. And everybody thinks of the big ticket items, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, but Just think of all the wise men gave before and after they gave those those well-known gifts. Long before the wise men ever left their home in the East, they gave their minds, they gave their study and their attention to the words of the Old Testament, which had apparently by this time already reached well beyond Israel's borders. They gave their mind to the word of God in the Old Testament. They studied it. And they learned from it that a divine king was going to be born in Israel with his birth marked by the rising of an unmistakable star. How much of your mind are you willing to give to God's word? How much of your focus, your attention, and your study, and not just passively listening, but active alert investigation to learn all you can about God's revelation in his word? It's what the wise men gave. How about you? After they gave their minds, the wise men gave their time and their energy to travel from the east to get to Jesus. And we don't even know where the east was exactly. My guess is that it was very far to the east. And I'm basing that on Matthew's original target audience was Jewish people who lived in Israel And my guess is he didn't name the country because it was so far to the east it wouldn't have even meant anything to the people in Israel. But even if that's not the case, even if it was east right next door to Israel, travel of any distance in those days required major time, major effort and energy. Time and energy away from their jobs, presumably away from their families and they gave it. How much Time and energy are Jesus' people today willing to sacrifice to come to worship him, to to meet their Savior in word and sacrament, to bow down and worship him with their prayers and their offerings and their songs and their confession of faith. Or maybe to ask the question from a different perspective, what excuses are we willing to find not to be here? Some distance, traffic, a little bit of a of a late night, maybe Sunday morning activities that we've started to estimate are are more valuable, more important than worshipping our Savior. The wise men gave their study, they gave their time, they gave their energy, they also gave their personal safety to get to Jesus. It's possible that at the beginning the wise men were unaware of what an absolute psychopath they were dealing with in King Herod, but it is common sense that every king is at least a little bit dangerous, and they tend to get a lot more dangerous when you announce out loud to them that another king has been born in their territory. But the wise men were willing to do it. They put their necks on the line to get to Jesus. They risked their personal safety. Jesus' followers today sometimes aren't willing to sacrifice much of anything To get to Jesus and worship him. And when we do, even when we're here, how easy is it for us to have our minds wander and our attention divide? Not the wise men. No way. When they got to Jesus, they gave him their whole hearts. Matthew says their heart filled with overwhelming joy to worship Jesus. Here is a very literal translation of what the gospel says. They rejoiced exceedingly greatly with overwhelmingly great joy. That's a lot of joy. How much joy fills our hearts when we meet our Savior Jesus in his word and sacrament? Does does your heart and mine always fill with overwhelmingly, greatly, exceedingly great joy? Or is our reaction sometimes when we meet Jesus more like this? Oh, here we go. Time to hear about how much Jesus loves me, as if I don't know this, as if I never heard it before. Hope it's quick. I'm starting to get a little hungry here. Uh, Just in case you don't feel lousy yet, don't worry. We're just getting going. Uh, The wise men, Matthew specifically says, when they got to Jesus, they worshipped him. Period. Him and him alone. No one else and nothing else. What are you and I willing to allow to nudge Jesus, at least occasionally, off the throne of our hearts? What are we, at least once in a while, willing to value, to worship ahead of him? Myself, my money, my entertainment, my enjoyment. I will, at least once in a while, bow down to any of those things in front of my Savior in my heart. Now, let's finally get to that famous gold and frankincense and myrrh. Expensive exquisite gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus. you might think, well, of course, of course the wise men gave expensive gifts to Jesus. They were rich. Everybody knows that. They could afford it. Do we know that? Where does it say that the wise men were rich? And even if they were, that's not really the point. The point is that they gave Jesus their very best. And that's what God wants from us. It's not necessarily the size of what we give him, but it's that we give him generous, joyful offerings in proportion to what he has given to us How generous and joyful and free are the sacrifices that you make to God, the offerings you give? And this is about a lot more than the dollars that we put in the plate to support our congregation because God's word tells us he wants the entire existence of his people to be one giant, joyful, generous sacrifice to him. This is about how hard you work at your job, the effort that you give to your boss. It's about how willing you are to help your friends and neighbors when they are in need because they are Jesus Christ to you. It is about your faithfulness as a spouse or a child or a parent. How joyful and free are we in our thank offerings with what God has given us in our lives? The wise men, they never stop giving. They give all the way to the end of this gospel. When God gives them a command to go home another way, The wise men give their attention and their obedience to the Lord's commands. How willing are we to do that, to give our attention and obedience to the commands that God gives to us? You might think, well, come on. If God came to me in a dream and said, stay away from this homicidal lunatic who wants to kill you, I think I would listen to that command, too. It wouldn't be too hard to get on board with that one. And that's a fair point, but God also tells us he wants obedience to all of our commands. The ones that seem easy to us and the ones that seem very challenging. And which ones are easy and which ones are challenging depends on the individual. Everybody has different weak spots. And I think it changes depending on how old you are, your station in life. But there are some commandments, I think, that are universally challenging for all Christians, such as Love your enemy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him your left cheek also. How willing are we to give our attention and our obedience to all of God's commands? So in conclusion, the wise men were perfect, and you are rotten. And you should stop being so rotten, and you should start being more like the wise men. Amen. Now, that's not very helpful, is it? That would be the worst sermon maybe ever in the history of Christendom. Because the foundational truth in the story of the wise men, the truth that drives it all, is not that the wise men are perfect. The truth that drives it all is that Jesus Christ is perfect, and the wise men knew it. If the wise men had been perfect, here's how the story would have gone, and I don't think it would even be in the Bible. Back east, they would have seen that star rise over Israel, and they would have said, oh, a Savior has been born in Israel, a Savior King. Well, we don't need him, so let's just stay here in the east. No, they left because they knew that they needed this gift that God had sent them, and that Jesus Christ was a gift of God Not just for the people in Israel, but even for Gentiles like them. And it was the perfect gift that God gave them in Jesus Christ that inspired all the giving that the wise men did. Their study, their time, their effort, their families and jobs, at least for a little while, their safety, their worship, their wealth, and their obedience. Yes, the wise men do appear Perfect in this story. But you know why that is? It's because they're only around for 12 verses. They don't have very much time to mess up. They were imperfect people, sinners like you and me. They understood that. And they understood the beautiful, the perfect gift that God was giving to them in Jesus Christ. See, the the mistake that's easy to make in the story of the wise men is to focus too much on the wise men. It is good to look at the wise men for a few minutes because they are excellent examples for all of Jesus' followers. But the thing is, if you do that, if you look at the wise men for a while, you're going to see where they are looking in this story. And the wise men are never looking at themselves. They're always looking at Jesus and the perfect gift that God had given to them. And Jesus is the perfect gift that God gives to us too. Because you and I, we know the whole story of our own lives. We know more than just 12 verses. We know all of the mistakes, all of the sins in our lives. We know how unwilling we are sometimes to give our minds to study God's word actively and alertly. We know how selfish we can be sometimes with our time and our energy, our stinginess with the gifts that God has given us. Worship that is divided, misdirected, disobedience to God's commands. The wise men were not perfect, and neither are we. Jesus Christ is the perfect gift to them and to us. And what exactly did the wise men see in this gift God had given them? What had God sent them in Jesus Christ? Well, you can hear it in the words that the wise men speak. You can also see it in how they treat Jesus when they finally do get to him. When the wise men arrive in Jerusalem, they ask specifically to see the king of the Jews. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard that because King Herod only understood the concept of one kind of king, which is a strictly human king who one day might become a challenge to his earthly authority. What Herod did not understand, because it can only be understood by faith, is that there is another kind of king. There is a king with a capital K. There is a divine king, who is not interested at all in sitting on the throne of King Herod or any other earthly king. There is a divine king, king with a capital K, who voluntarily left the throne of heaven and came to be with us to crush Satan, to slaughter our sin and to kill death for us. There is this divine king who has subjects all over this world, in every nation and in heaven, Because he rules with his love. He rules the hearts of everyone who trusts in him. There's this divine king who has now returned to his heavenly throne. And he's ruling everything in this world. For the good of us. His subjects. His church. The wise men saw in Jesus Christ the gift of the divine king who had come to conquer all of their enemies. And to rule their hearts with his love. And when they get to Jesus, you can see in their behavior, you can see just how thoroughly the wise men understand God's gift because although they are in the presence of a little boy, probably a toddler at this time, they bow down to Jesus and they worship him as their God because they understood this truth that only the Holy Spirit can convince a heart of, which is that little boy, it's God giving the gift of himself. Only God Joining his divine nature to our human nature in that little boy has the power and the perfection to defeat our enemies for us and to rule our hearts with his love. The wise men knew this, that Jesus is the capital K, King of the Jews, God's gift of himself to fight and win for us and to rule our hearts. And it is faith in that perfect gift of God, Jesus Christ, that causes a Christian to sit, hear, and study all of God's Word, to learn it and study it at home, to diligently teach it to their children. It's faith in that perfect gift that leads us to sacrifice our time and our energy to worship Jesus Christ, to worship Him alone with full attention and with full sincerity. It is faith in that perfect gift that inspires Jesus' people to give generously from what God has given to them in every area of their life and to listen to and obey all of his commands. Now our gracious God has given us faith in that perfect gift, Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, God joining himself to our flesh to conquer our enemies and rule our hearts. To be sure... We all have a sinful nature inside of us, too, and that is why we do not display these natural results of faith in Jesus perfectly all the time. But our gracious God also makes us this promise. The more you grow in your faith in that perfect gift of Jesus Christ, the more you are going to give in your God-pleasing giving like the wise men. So today, don't focus on the wise men for too long. Focus on what they focus on. The perfect gift of God in Jesus Christ. Well, we don't exactly have the same privilege as the wise men. We don't get to enter Jesus' home and bow down in front of him in person. But God still has his way of showing his son, his perfect gift, to his people. Today we meet Jesus and his love as we listen to it from God's word. And you will receive it in Jesus' sacrament. And as you do, God will turn your heart to him to focus on Jesus more and more and to grow in your faith. See God's perfect gift in Jesus Christ, and the gifts you give will be better and better all the time. Amen.